All right. Welcome to the Heart of Markness. To start off this episode, let's go through the list of all the women I work with and the order in which I would bang them. In descending order, starting at the top. <laughs> Sorry. I've been wanting to do that. That was poorly executed, too. I could have done a better job of that. But um, <laughs> I've been wanting to do that ever since I found out I had some people I work with actually listen to the podcast, which thrills me. But I also need to terrify and mortify them because that's the kind of guy I am. Anyway, welcome to the Heart of Markness. And um, I actually had to re-record my vocals because uh, they were too goddamn low and I didn't realize it. And so, and they were also not very high energy because, as you may be able to tell, I um, have some allergy things going on and I cannot breathe through my nose. And I took an antihistamine and it did nothing other than dry out my mouth and throat. Something fierce. So, f pardon, <laughs> pardon the cotton mouth and pardon the uh, stuffiness. On with the show. This week, we're going to talk about the uh, Osaka February 15th, February 15th, 1996 show by Page and Plant in Osaka, Japan. After their 1995 world tour, when the whole uh, Page Plant are back thing happened, the unleaded tour, there we go, uh, finished, they went east and did a Japanese tour with a stripped down version of their traveling band. Because uh, in 95, as you may remember, or maybe you never knew, they toured with uh, several additional musicians, one of them including a second guitarist, uh, Pearl Thompson from The Cure. And it had uh, a good effect on the music, but I couldn't help but think that it was kind of a um, safety net for nights when Jimmy really isn't on, because <coughs> he was drinking. Um, I mean, he still kind of partied. Even though he had given up the heroin a long time ago, I think he still, um, well, he definitely drank. That was that was for on the record, and maybe he did some other stuff too. Who knows? Doesn't matter. It wasn't like he wasn't playing well, but there were a few, few nights, including one ridiculously infamous night when he was hammered, played like a doofus, and Robert was pissed. Pissed enough to punch him in the face. But that's something we'll talk about. Although, can you imagine that? How awesome that must have felt. 30 years of resentment, just kapow. Ah, interesting. But back to the topic at hand. Um, after that tour, they went to Japan where they got rid of the second guitarist, um, a couple of the percussionists and mandolin players and things. Uh, they kept the Egyptian orchestra, which is great, and the Egyptian percussion folks, which is supremely great because they were fantastic. Um, they had a tra they didn't bring a traveling orchestra they would just get whatever you know hire the orchestra of whatever city they were in and they would rehearse the score and do it cuz you know the strings are not playing anything terribly complex they're playing you know orchestral rock like the band you know playing behind uh, i don't know guns and roses kind of shit it's not complex music it's just pretty strings um and they had the keyboard player, who I can't remember. I can see his face, but I can't remember his name. The guy who should have been Jonesy is what I just think of him as. Um, so when they went to Japan, they were playing tight because they were a tight band at that point, having toured the world. And uh, Jimmy was playing very well. And in Japan, they uh, after the first couple of shows, they started 
cutting loose and playing stuff that they had never played before, playing stuff that neither one of them had played live before, and um, probably to get through it because for, for at least one of the songs, uh, which was 10 years gone, they played that once, the only time after Nebworth that Robert performed the song. And uh, it's beautiful, and it has a full orchestral score behind it, and... Um, you know, it had been re- it been it had been rehearsed for months. I just don't think they added it to the set list, so everybody knew how to play it. They had it down. There's a video of the band record uh, rehearsing it at Soundcheck earlier that day, and uh, they had it down. It's very very pretty. It's not remarkably passionate. Um, these are middle aged men playing middle aged rock. Um, it's definitely very, very, it's beautiful, it's good, it's well played. It just doesn't have that fire of, you know, maybe some of its youth. But um, it's it's not high energy. Not like 10 Years Gone really was, but it had those moments like, do you ever really need somebody? When Robert would just rip your heart out. Uh, this is not that. This is a professional rendering of this song by the guys who wrote it. Jimmy plays it very, very well. They play it very, very safe. They, you know, they don't noodle off. Jimmy doesn't go off wailing, um, boogieing off on his own. Uh, it's very much, you know, it sound, You know what it sounds like? It sounds a lot like the um, the 2007 reunion, the way that they played those songs. Very polished, very professional, very straight. Um, not a lot of uh, going off the rails and jamming. Because sometimes it goes right, sometimes it goes wrong, and they wanted to make a good impression, and they did not want to fuck up. And I think that's kind of the ethic here, the ethos of, like, let's not fuck this up and look like idiots. Let's just play the song the way we played it, plus we have strings and all these extra people. So it's not like they can just go off on their own if the if the muse is upon them, because, you know, the other 30 people on the stage aren't going to know what to do. So that's all my way of saying... Um, Page Plant, it's not Led Zeppelin. Nobody's Led Zeppelin. So, you know, adjust your excitometers. This is really beautiful stuff. It's excellently, remarkably well recorded and um, wonderfully played. I was really excited to see their 95 tour. I wish I would have seen the Japanese tour because holy shit, it's great. Um, Ten years gone by the guys. The only time Page Plant played it, the only time Robert sang it after Nebworth in 79, Jimmy, of course, did it with the crows, but uh, enjoy it. I'll be back in a minute. This is a song for the happy people of Osaka. Thank you. 
Everybody say, woo. Very pretty, wasn't it? Wonderfully recorded, soundboard, gorgeous. Recorded on to uh, DAT, I believe, straight to digital. Um, I love Jimmy's guitar tone. It makes me really happy. I feel weird talking because I said a bunch of stuff, like I said, but I had to erase it. So now I'm like in a loop of second guessing myself. Like, do I talk about his guitar tone? Didn't I already talk about his guitar tone? Did I talk about it earlier? Is it what I erased? Anyway, you guys know me. <laughs> so if I have said this before, sorry. If I haven't, well, prepare to have your mind blown. Um, I love Jimmy's tone on this on the 10 Years Gone. He plays it on a Les Paul. It's um, with a B-bender instead of the Telecaster. And the difference is just, I mean, it's got that fat Les Paul sound. And the Les Paul has enough density and weight that you can take out a significant chunk of the wood to put the B-bender in and not lose, you know, density and richness, which I, I think the Telecaster suffers from. Um, but whatever, that's me. I liked it. You liked it, too, I hope. Uh, if not, I don't know, next week it'll be better. <laughs> yes, that's a dog. Her name's Penelope. She's outside. She's a sweetheart. Um, I hope you heard that. If you didn't, a dog just barked. So ten years gone. Next, I want to play T for One, which the band played only on this Japanese tour, and this is my favorite version of it from this tour. It is a slow depressing, sad song, um, played wonderfully. Jimmy does a nice interplay with the, with the string section and, um, I like it. I think it's too goddamn long. You can have a, per you can play, you can have a sad blues song in five minutes just as easily as you can have a sad blues song in 11 minutes. And, uh, I don't know. This is just me. T for One never did it for me. Not even on Presence. I can listen to it and go, wow, Bonzo sounds great. Jonesy's playing wonderfully. Jimmy's playing the fuck out of the guitar. What beautiful phrasing and voicing. I'm bored. Um, but lots of people like it, and this is unique. It's the only time they did this song was on this tour. This is the best version of this, in my opinion. It's not that it's what it's not that it's not well played. It's not high energy and it just doesn't do it for me. So I'm sorry to be like, you know, negging all this shit. Like, well, then why are you playing it, asshole? Because it's very, very good. It's just not my particular cup of tea. But maybe it's your cup of tea. So listen to it. And if you don't want to listen to it, then fast forward about 11 minutes and I'll be back. See ya. Tea for one. Page plant. Really good. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Jesus, I don't know what I was bitching about before. That was really good. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry for the bummer intro. Um, it was long. It took a long time to get going for me. But man, that tone. Jimmy's playing is nice. There's beautiful little filigrees. It's, um, I love hearing Jimmy play. I love him. You know, it, it makes me so happy just to hear him play again. And this tour is really good. And you see what I mean about Japan kind of being a step up from the unleaded tour, which I assume some of you know. Um, I love it. And any any Zeppelin fan loves the Japanese Page Plant tour for just this reason. Um, we have had the two unique songs. And now I want to finish up because we're coming up on half an hour already with... Um, a page plant song and it's one of the new one of the few that they wrote together when they got back together in 94 and i did not like it at all when it first came out but it is absolutely beautiful and i don't know you guys are going to listen to it uh they played wonderful one and it is a beautiful beautiful song and jimmy's playing is is gorgeous and his tuning is beautiful and Ah, uh, I really like this. I mean, it, it they they didn't nail it, but it's really really pretty. Even though it still sounds like almost in a demo state, um, except for Jimmy's playing. Jimmy's playing is ridiculously good, but um, wonderful one, lush, beautiful, beautiful, poignant, and uh, really high level. Here it comes, wonderful one, Osaka, Japan. Enjoy. Here's a new song. Oh no. Inspire. 
Really pretty song. I love it. But um, you see what I mean? Three great songs, fantastic quality, flawlessly executed. But you didn't tap your feet. You didn't go, hell yeah. You didn't honk your horn or feel alive. But it was beautiful stuff. And, you know, sometimes we're a little more cerebral. Sometimes we have a bottle episode. Sometimes they were busy and daddy has to get takeout. That's okay. The thing is, you didn't go hungry. And this is really... Um, it's neat. It comes a different angle. I mean, I can play Cool Zeppelin all the time, and it would be a real kind of one-note podcast. I would much rather have this be a two-note podcast, which is sometimes not Zeppelin, or Zeppelin flat, or Zeppelin sharp, as the case may be. Um, so, this is a little different from Zeppelin. It's not the in-depth Jimmy Page stuff that I did at the beginning of the podcast, which is really granular, because... The subset of Zeppelin fans who want to know in depth what Jimmy Page did in 1884 um, is very small. But the ones that are in that subset love that fucking series, those two episodes. I do too. Um, but 
I also love Led Zeppelin and like here's some really cool shit. Bam. So I'm trying to, you know, find the balance between here's some really cool shit. Bam, which the last, you know, few episodes have been since I came back. I think this is eight for eight, eight episodes in eight weeks. That means it's a regular. Yay. I'm going to keep going, but uh, I'm trying to find the balance between those and uh, the longer form stuff, like the whole page plant arc from um, 93 to through 98 or arguably 2000 when they had the rockabilly reunion. Um, so we're getting there. You're not going to like all of them. And, you know, if you follow other podcasts like Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, there's a lot of ones you just skip through and go, oh, not another MMA guy or oh, not another goddamn comedian friend or oh, not another Navy SEAL CIA dude or hippie or drug dude, you know. But as a whole, Rogan's podcast is fantastic. So I hope, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, I hope as as we work together on this and, you know, I listen to your feedback and tailor it, I, I hope we come up with something that as a whole is pretty awesome. Um, I think we're getting there. I think we're definitely better. Um, having a regular schedule helps. Me not just being a flake helps consistency. And um, you guys are amazing. You know, I can say you guys now because there are people on the Facebook group and uh, that talk and interact with me and talk and interact amongst themselves. And uh, there are people on Twitter that talk to me and I talk back and it's it's great. It's it's a thing now. And um, it feels amazing and very humbling and very exciting. And it also gives me a responsibility because this is kind of a social contract you know, you expect the show, you expect whatever uh, on a regular basis, and I try to deliver at least, pow, here you go, so you don't go hungry and you don't feel fucked over. Um, I love doing this. I realize that more and more every week, and I'm going to put more and more of myself into doing it, including, you know, upgrading equipment as I can, getting a better mic, um, better cables, just better shit all around and uh, upping my game. Um, I've been working on learning Audacity, the the audio program, more so that um, we don't have, I hope, such uh, so many uh, alarming disparities in volume that the early episodes uh, suffer with. So, you know, I hope you can tell that I'm trying to deliver a more polished product, and I hope you can tell that I love hearing from you guys and getting your suggestions and you, you retweeting the, the show is huge because, you know, I've only got like a hundred followers, which is uh, technically zero on Twitter. So my reach is non-existent. So any retweets you guys can do broadens that because Zep fans follow other Zep fans who follow other Zep fans. So it can propagate quickly. Um, I love it that you're following me on Twitter. And if you're not following me on Twitter, do it. Because, you know, I'm on there all the time. Well, not all the time. Daily. Uh, mostly sharing other Zeppelin stuff. But putting stuff up there. And you can talk to me. And I can talk to you. And the folks who have talked to me, I enjoy it. I like hearing from you guys. I like hearing the suggestions. And, you know, one of them was get back to the in more in-depth stuff like before. Which I'm doing with the page and plant. So, um bear with me as we get this together and 
Oh, gosh. All the social media stuff time. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, Heart of Markness. Uh, join the Facebook group, Heart of Markness. That's cool, too. I drop a lot of stuff in there that's just cool shit like, oh, hey, John Paul Jones. Oh, hey, the Yardbirds playing Dazed and Confused. Bloop, bloop, bloop. It's Facebook. You know what it is. Um, but pop in. It's fun, and you'll be instantly in a group of other like-minded individuals because Lord knows you can't find any Zeppelin fans. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, pop by. I'd love to have you. Um, Twitter, Facebook, the website, heartofmarkness.com. I've been working on that more, putting more stuff up there. I'm almost caught up to the episodes, and once I get caught up to the episodes, it'll become a much more dynamic, information-rich uh, site again. So you have three things. Facebook, Twitter, the website. Yay. Thank you very much, guys. Oh, and you know what else? Thank you for leaving the feedback um, in the iTunes store and on the podcast, uh, other podcast networks, because it really, really helps. Um, if you would take a moment, actually, it's more than a moment. It's a pain in the ass. But go into your podcast app when you have a moment. Um, you're just fucking around at your desk or something. And uh, drill down until you get to my podcast page in iTunes or the uh, Google Play Store or wherever you find me. And take the time to, you know, give me a rating. You know, one through five stars, whatever you think. If you want to give me a little short review, that's a trillion times better. And it's all wonderful. And it all really, really, truly helps because this is a brand new baby podcast. So literally, one review is a significant boost to... Um, my relevance uh, at this point so you know now's when you can really help out if you're of a mind if you're not just listen and enjoy so please follow me on twitter <coughs> excuse me i'm dying tonight uh follow me on twitter if you like me spread the word if you don't like me well you know sorry but I'd love to hear from you on Twitter what you like what you don't like what you want to hear more of what you don't want to hear any more of um I don't know. Let's be friends. You know, don't be a dick. I will try not to be a dick. Maybe we can all be friends. Next week, um, I hope to have the first of the page plant arc. I don't know if I'm gonna. If I don't, I'll have some more cool page plant shit to tide you over. Or maybe back to some Zeppelin. Who knows? Thank you very, 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 very much. I really appreciate all of you. And uh, I hope, you know, we can do this for a long time. Bye-bye.